Billy Moore joins me today to chat all things Origin. We go into detail on the sway combinations have at the selection table, uh, the obsession with impact off the bench, and list our Blues lineups 1 to 17. It's Thursday, the 17th of May. for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda, your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage, The Splash, with your host, Phil Pryor. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. As I mentioned off the top, Billy Moore joins me uh, over the phone uh, in just a moment. We're going to chat all things Origin. Uh, We'll save our uh, Maroon selection team for next week as we sort of uh, decided uh, when we just spoke to one another and recorded our our interview. Uh, so Blues lineups 1-17 to 17 and a couple of other issues that I want to bring up with him, including club combinations. Uh, look, if you haven't yet, I would recommend going and listening to this week's edition of the Market Watch podcast, NRL-wise, of course, as well, uh, where the gang, including Ben Iken, reacted to Cameron Smith's rep retirement. Uh, and then on Monday, it was Fox League commentators Warren Smith and Matt Russell with the Take Me Now, I Have Seen It All podcast wrapping up uh, everything that happened uh, over the weekend in the NRL, plus the the big talking points as well. Let's get into our chat with Billy Moore. Joining us now on the splash is one of my rugby league heroes, of course, North Sydney Bears legend and Queensland Maroons legend, Billy Moore. How are you, Bill? Absolute pleasure to be here, mate. I'm on fire this time of year. There seems to be a bit more spring in the step and uh, everything seems to uh, get a little bit more exciting. Yeah, the weather cools down, but uh, rugby league interest certainly spikes uh, this time of year. Everyone wants to tell anyone that'll listen about uh, what they think regarding origin and, and what the the team should be and all the rest of it. Uh, and I'm hoping a little bit later in our chat we can maybe butt heads on uh, on what we reckon the Blues lineup should look like. And then uh, a little bit down the track we'll, uh, we'll reconvene and, and talk what the Maroons team should look like as well. Uh, but... First, I, I thought I'd uh, ask you a little bit about your uh, weekly appearances on NRL 360. Of course, you, you're flown down to Sydney uh, every, uh, what is it, Tuesday or, or no, Wednesday uh, to yep. join on, on Legends Night. Um, do you really enjoy that aspect of your week? Yeah, it's a highlight. It, uh, it's been happening. It's my fourth year now, so... Give our listeners an idea. I have to drive from the sunny coast to Brisbane, fly to Sydney, go across town, jump on set. Um, so I usually land in Sydney around about 4.30. Uh, we go live at 6.30. We leave the studio at 7.35. We board a plane at 8.10, fly at 8.30. <laughs> wow, um, hey. and I, but by the time we get back to the sunny coast, so it takes me an hour and a half to drive back. Um, I usually leave at midday, get get back at midnight for 20 minutes of live TV. Yeah, I was so when I'm on say, the yeah. when I'm on the set, although I've got, I've come a long way to talk, I've got something I want to say. <laughs> yeah, big time, and and that's the thing because I I'm chatting to you in the in the green room a little bit, uh, and you're always keen to talk footy, which is great. Uh, last time last time we spoke, maybe last month, um, you pulled out your a little scrapbook and you had 
all sorts of, uh, of rugby league related notes in there. <laughs> yeah, well, I uh, started probably a month before the start of the season. I went through every team um, acquisitions, their season prior, the, their strengths and weaknesses. I saw it, um, and then I I break the season into thirds. Um, yeah. So uh, basically, split it uh, in uh, in three: eights. origin, origin, and post-origin, essentially. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Exactly right. And um, for some clubs, getting out of the blocks quickly is uh, usually a hallmark, and for others, it's usually Achilles' heel. Their season's over yeah. by the time they turn into origin. Uh, a good example for me has always been the Warriors. They've been terrible starters the last couple of years, and I didn't have them in my eight because of that reason. I got sick of actually being uh, let down when it comes to the tipping competition. Yeah. Uh, but this year, when you think that at the, um, at the third mark, they turn and they were six and two, which is fantastic because the theory is and has been in the past couple of years, they don't get touched during Origins. So their combinations stay strong and yeah. they usually come into own in that middle third of the season. So um, whereas you look at someone like the Storm, I love hearing Smith's theory, Cameron Smith, when he talked about um, these are strong at the start of the year because they don't build into a season. His philosophy and the Storm philosophy is round one, they're as good at round one as they want to be with, uh, at round 25, 26. Yeah. They're training at, at a peak performance. They're lean, they're fit, they're hungry because they like to start quick because they realise if you drop a couple of games early that you probably should win because you're a little bit down, you're a bit flat, it comes back to bite you. And a case in point, look at Canberra this year. Their first three weeks of the competition, I expect them to win those three games against sides that were in the bottom four. In winning positions year. in all of those games as well. And they dropped them all. And, yeah. you know, that cost you, it hurts. So those, those, those losses of six points or less, when it comes late August, you rue what you've done because you realise that's probably going to cost you a semi-final burst. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, in terms of your sort of rugby league uh, mind, tell us a little bit about that and, um, and, uh, and why... That helps you when you, when you come on uh, the to the three sixty table once a week. You've got guys like Paul Kent and uh, Benny Iken who obviously you know know the game backwards as well. Mm. What I like to apply is, um, I suppose, the theories I, I lived and played by. That um, I, I look for honest, hard-working teams that don't make excuses and really try to accentuate their strengths and try to minimise their weaknesses or, or overcome them. Um, so like in the off-season, I looked at sides that, in my opinion, bought the right players and, and filled voids that they had and, and didn't rely on the fact that they were hoping someone was going to come good. Yeah. It basically, uh, they, they made the adjustment already. I, I love internal pressure as well. I, I love it when a side has the right balance of experience with youth coming through and you can see that outside you're probably your best 17. There's another four or five players that are pushing to get in to a side and that really keeps uh, the older players honest yeah. and, and and you obviously have got to take into account injuries. Like To me, Penrith this season has been magnificent the depth of their squad, the way it's been constructed and put together, and they haven't really missed a beat. Yeah. Um, and that just shows a well-prepared side. So I, I, I basically try to apply my philosophies and those key points I just touched on across the whole breadth and depth of the game. 
And a word I love, accountability. Yeah. You be accountable yeah. for your actions, like on and off the field. Uh, we're all living a dream. At 28, my dream stopped. My, my team, my beloved Bears, went down the gurgle and I went with it. And um, I was accountable for that because maybe if we'd won a comp during my, uh, my time, that wouldn't have happened. But I, I love it when you hear coaches, players, administrators be accountable for their actions and don't try and find a way to wriggle their way out of responsibility. And you see that the clubs that take ownership, players that take ownership, they're usually the ones that are near, near the top of the pile. Mm. Thanks for reminding me of uh, what happened in the 90s there, Billy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, big, uh, obviously huge Bears fan. I'm pretty sure all the, the Splash listeners know that by now. But um, uh, look, I, I want to get to some some origin chat because I, I think a lot of mm. the things you just mentioned, what makes a good footy team are things that um, the Maroons have applied to to their selection perfectly uh, across this uh, dominant era uh, in Queensland. Um, as I mentioned off the top, we might save how we think the, the, the Maroons side should look like for maybe a week or so away. But one, yep. one uh, topic I wanted to bring up firstly, which can be applied to both uh, selection committees, uh, New South Wales and Queensland, is player partnerships and club combinations and how much sway that can have uh, on at, at the selection table. Um, here are some prime examples, and I'd love you to sort of maybe rank them in terms of uh, the uh, from the most sway that that, that might have at selection uh, downwards. So one that came up this week, Andrew McCulloch and Ben Hunt, um, former Broncos teammates, Queensland are looking for uh, a new hooker now that Cam Smith has announced his rep retirement. Mm-hmm. Number two, James Maloney and Nathan Cleary, potentially the New South Wales halves. Number three, yep. maybe on this left edge for New South Wales, Curtis Scott and Josh Adokar, the premiership winning uh, left edge combination for the Melbourne Storm last year and potentially uh, what could step, both uh, guys could step up and play uh, New South for New South Wales this year. Cam McGuinness at hooker for the Blues and the Dragons forwards that would likely be selected alongside him and, and the rapport and combination he would have with those guys. Uh, and maybe Ben Hunt and Anthony Milford as well as the, the Queensland halves, which does seem more of a long shot. Um, but all combinations that will be coming up for discussion at, at the selection table... Out of those, what's the most likely? The most likely to, uh, to happen and have an influence. Uh, right now, it's a, it's a toss of the coin, but I, I, between um, Ben Hunt and, and McCulloch, the, that is firm enormously in the last 24 hours, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that one is a real strong happening. And Cleary and Maloney, um, I'll just take the Hunt-McCulloch um, one. What you've actually got, you, you've got uh, some established first graders that have been in around the game for probably nearly a decade. McCulloch definitely over a decade. Um, and for, for him, it's his, this is one chance. He woke up 24 hours ago thinking he couldn't believe the unha- unthinkable happened. Yeah. He had a chance of playing Origin for over a decade. He sat behind the greatest number nine of all time, and now his chances are right. Yeah. So I believe, given the Given the jersey, he won't let Queensland out. He'll go berserk. He'll make the most. And he's very Smith-like in his style, but his style will be accentuated. Like Smith, 
was accentuated with Cooper Cronk in the seven. Who would be accentuated by, by Ben Hunt because they had multiple seasons together at the yeah. Broncos. Yeah. He, know, he knows like, where Ben Hunt's going to get to at first receiver. It's got to be yeah. a massive... Assuming that McCulloch uh, becomes Smith's replacement, uh, knowing that Ben Hunt could be there as, as his first receiver option must be uh, a massive swayer for selectors. I, I believe so. I believe that'll be um, the final kick of the box for him because it's a wonderful situation we've got tomorrow night where he goes head-to-head, I think, with his main rival and Jake Friend at Suncorp Stadium and, and there'll be like a uh, set of origin trial. And if McCulloch, uh, even if he wins on a points decision in that match, I, I think that will give him the impetus to go into the Queens and nine. And for him to have uh, Hunt there near him will be a benefit for both of them, actually. Yeah. Hunt knows when, when he's going to get the ball from McCulloch and then he'll like, you know, almost an instinctive calls that will override everything else and, and they'll have that combination, which people think about the combinations, how do you build them up? Well, these players play together, your teammates at NRL, you're with them more than you are your family. Yeah. 48 weeks a year, you live in each other's pocket. You, you'll, those players see those teammates more than they see their wives. So they, they just through sheer contact with each other, you get to know the nuances and idiosyncrasies of that person and, all, and that combination develops. That'll be important for Queensland. That'll be, that'll be primary for Queensland. So it's all going to give that number one, the most important one to happen. Yeah, okay. Uh, what, what would you rank second? Uh, the, the Blues' potential left edge, uh, the Blues' halves, um, the, the Dragons' connection through the forwards at the Blues, or um, at, at, I suppose you would in, uh, potentially rule out Ben Hunt and Milford or not? Uh, I, I would rule that one out. That's number five in, yeah. in your list. So, that, so we, if we get to that, don't have a space to have a chat about it. But my number two is Cleary and Maloney. They're yeah. going to touch the ball more than emails on the park. I, I find it incredulous that there is stories today that Maloney might miss the team and, and the combination could be um, Mitchell Moses uh, and Luke Cleary. And as I said, when I it comes to origin... You, sorry, you go, Bill. I was going to say, to me, if that's the case, I always find the real barometer in origin selections is um, the opposing state. They want you to pick certain players and they don't want you to pick others. Yeah. And from a Queensland perspective, I hope they don't pick James Maloney because, yes, he has flaws in his game and he always has. He always misses more tackles than anyone else in the competition and he gives away more penalties. But he overrides that with some wonderful play big time, big pressure plays. And that's why when you think about it right now, Penrith are sitting second, not through flukes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and they've got some good forwards, but they haven't clearly on the park. They've got a side that's been decimated by injury. Who has stood up? He's the buyer of the season. So I don't think James Maloney could do anything more than he has done. And people go, he misses too many tackles. He always has. It's a, for- and- yeah, it's a formula which has always worked in the past. So I, I didn't like the story, to be honest. I've, Jimmy Hooper's, you know, he writes some great things, but I thought this was just taken too far out of context. Freddie might have, you know, brought up a couple of his flaws, but to go as far as suggesting that Freddie is genuinely considering not picking him just went too far in my mind because Maloney is a lock. Without a doubt, mate. If you actually think about think about the net difference between him and Mitchell Moses, Mitchell Moses is not a Trevor Gilmore's defender either. Mitchell Moses will miss, if maybe not quite as many, but he'll miss nearly as many tackles as Maloney. So your net difference in defence is trivial. 
but the net difference in experience, big time pressure plays, and what my record says I've already achieved is enormous. So that's why I think you might be on the money. It may be drawn a little bit too far out of context. Nathan Cleary, well, after round four, he was in. He was a, he was a shoe in at 20 yeah. years old, uh, ordained as almost a child prodigy, but uh, deservedly so. Yeah. So we will see the next two weeks how he comes back. The combination with Cleary, you know, you can't expect too much in the first week, but the line, the difference is out by week two. But if that gels... That's fearful from a Queensland point of view because you, you, the New South Wales team, will be the beneficiaries of what Queensland have had for the last decade is a sublime combination from clubland transcending into the origin arena. And that is the backbone of which all plays are formulated and the magic happens. And for those two to be able to take club form into the origin arena, that's a huge asset to New South Wales. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and look, I, I think Cleary is an outlier. To, to, uh, for mine, he, uh, he has just proven over his, the early stages of his career that no moment is too great for him. He's, just, he's built and developed differently to a lot of other players that might have uh, got caught up at, at the next level. For mine, he, he's... He's just ready, even though, even though he's at such a, a young, raw age. Exactly right, and and you just see the composure around the guy, and my um, level-headed. Uh, he's like his father, you know. He's, he he thinks before he speaks, and what he says, he mightn't say that many words, but they're very succinct and to the point. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Bill, I'll uh, I'll, I'll list my team, then we can maybe chat about some of those other other. Combinations, and I, I want to know how how different you're thinking. Um, I've got Damien Cook at hooker, um, mm-hmm. and Clemmer and Regan Campbell Gillard in the starting front row. Plenty of punch there. Boyd Cordner and Tyson Frizzell on the edges, uh, and Jake Trebojevic at lock. Cleary and Maloney in the halves, as we spoke about. Mm-hmm. I've I've got Curtis Scott and Josh Adokar on that left side. I think that could pose plenty of problems. Uh, for for Queensland, uh, I've got Tedesco at fullback, and then on that right side, I also like James Roberts. I think that's someone that the Queensland players would be fearful of heading into a, an Origin clash. And Tom Trebojevic on the right wing. What do you reckon? What, does anything jump out that you would disagree with? Um, your forward port pack is exactly as I've got. Yeah, um, halves are exactly as I've got. The the back five are different. I've got a car there. Um, I can't deny Ferguson's spot. I think the, uh, Blake Ferguson yeah. has has been unbelievable on the wing. Um, fullback, after the first month, Trevojevic, Tommy had the spot. Um, and then the poor form. And to just go sort of pop his head up and lift his hands and have a, have a look at me. Right now, I've got a, a struck match between them, and I think the next two weeks, especially if Tommy Trevojevic can really lift, he can grab that jersey. Oh, I just got a gut feeling that that's what Freddie wants. Because if you look at what you bring to the table, and I talked about net difference before. Yeah. If you look at Trevojevic and Tedesco, put them together. To me, Trevojevic can do everything Tedesco does. And then something extra, something incredibly special. He has more assists 
in the form of line breaks and try assists. He is a freaky player. If his form can stabilise, I just think that he will get the one. So, and that means Tedesco would miss the team because yeah, okay. Tedesco, does, Tedesco doesn't go to the wing. Because I think Ferguson deserves his spot, and so Adam Carr does. I'm leaning towards Trevojevic. To I just need to see something in the next week to solidify it. Now, the centres, you've got Scott and Robertson, and they're both good players. Uh, I watched James Roberts with the Bronx, and he's X-Factor, written yep. all over him, yep. unique in speed. And if, if you look at Lana Carr, if they make a break, well, then don't worry about it. You're not going to catch him. Yeah. And Curtis Scott, I, I love his work, and I think his combination with Lana Carr is very good. I've got those two guys head-to-head with Aiken and Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. Um, and it just all depends on how fearful, I suppose, um, the free filler is of the defensive deficiencies of the combinations. Yeah. Because uh, you're right, Alokar and Scott make sense. Scott's yeah. a very good defender. Um, Roberts can get twitchy. Yeah. He can get a little yeah. bit twitchy and can come in a little bit. Uh, Aiken looks very sound at the moment. So right right now, if, if my back five is different to yours, I'd have Trevojevic, Ferguson, Aiken, Latron, Mitchell, and Alokar. But I respect what you've, you're throwing up there. And I just think that this is how, t- this is how tight it is. The next two rounds could really make or break a couple of guys' state of origin chances. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think... Who, who's, your, who's your bench? Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll get to that. One more. Th- I I just I'm I didn't like what Ferguson did last year off the off the field. I, I think he needs to be yep. punished at Origin level for that. Uh, but that's mm-hmm. that's why I didn't select him. Now the bench is uh, the other discussion point. So I've got I've I've gone big uh, and bold. I've got Jack DeBellin, Paul Vaughan, Josh Jackson, and Angus Crichton there. Jack DeBellin can come on and play dummy half should something happen to Damien Cook. I think he's light enough on his feet uh, that he would be able to come on and play that role if Cook uh, is gets hurt for, for whatever reason. So that's why I haven't selected a bench hooking option. And uh, and I, I, my smoky there is Angus Crichton because I think if something were to happen to any of the outside backs in terms of getting injured or a centre, um, he can come on. Uh, and and sort of and fill that void should uh, the opportunity pre- pre- present itself. Love it, Angus Crichton. He, you know, last year was an unbelievable season, and, and I thought he was ordained to play Origin this year. His form of the the first five or six weeks it was just yeah. it was amazing how it wasn't talked about. He just sort of sat under the radar, but he, I think South was still going well. But he really wasn't having an impact. And then last weekend, what a game. Yeah, exactly. What a, what yeah. a game. Bang. You realise how good he was and you can see why the Roosters have chased him. He actually doesn't make my bench because he's been so quiet for the first six or seven weeks. Had he pulled a few of those yeah. other rounds out like he did last week, he would have been there. But I've actually gone – I've gone big as well. I've got the Bellin and Vaughan. I think that they will be great off the bench and their seasons this year have warranted their selection. I've actually gone Aaron, Aaron Woods. I think that um, he'll be a bit disappointed at the fact that he hasn't made the start with Clemmer and uh, uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard. I think off the bench, he will inject something there for yep. the team, and his, his offload in the back of both halves will be dangerous. I've actually gone Tyrone Peachy. Yeah. Um, he was a simple X factor. Yeah. Simple X factor. And he can do um, basically anything you want. He, he can take over the, the hooking role. Cook looks a little bit tight. He can come into hooker. And you, 
if nothing else, you would put him there, even if Cook doesn't look tired, just to bring him an X factor. He can yeah. cover all the outside backs and halves if they Yeah, look, I, I, I love Tyrone Peachy, and I love what he, he could bring uh, as well as a sort of an, an impact X factor off the bench. I'm just not sure if he sort of deserves the role based on, on his club form outside of maybe the last couple of weeks. Um, and mm. it, it, it's mm. never been consistency uh, over a long stretch of time with, with Tyrone. So do you reward that with an origin jumper? That's sort of my, my one concern there. But it does bring up the, the one more final question that I had for you, Billy. Impact off the bench, because I've, I've been having this debate with my uh, old uni mates online over the last 24 hours. They, some of them disagree with the bench that I had selected because uh, I've got someone like a, a Josh Jackson on there who... I just feel like could come on and provide a very, very solid 40-odd 40, 40 minutes, make all his assignments, um, you know, cut blokes in half defensively. He was even bending the line last year. I thought he was probably one of the Blues' best players last year, whereas some of these guys, I, I think in general we maybe get a little bit too caught up in impact off the bench yep. as, as opposed yep. to just players that can still provide... 40-odd minutes of consistency off the bench. Yeah, great point. Think of this philosophical difference. What happens if you're chasing points? Yeah, but don't you want to build a team uh, that that is, is ripe to win a game of footy over an 80-minute period rather than picking, yeah. picking a bench on contingencies? Uh, great point, but my theory is this. Where Josh Jackson will go on and play, he'll be removing players from the field who can go 80 minutes anyway. So I, 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 when he comes on, again, net net outcome, net difference, what he'll bring on, he'll bring enthusiasm, he'll rip and tear, he'll snap place in half. Yeah. These other guys are going to get close to doing that anyway, So and, and that, but they can play the whole 80 minutes. My contingency is I'll take someone off the bench who I think can bring on X factor, a point of difference, a change-up. Even if I'm in, in the front, Peachy can come on and, and he can accentuate your lead. Yeah, I don't. Have, I don't think he's going to bleed you many points. I don't think he'll cost you too many. I just think that I'd like to take onto the bench someone who actually can add a point of difference when it's needed, not if it will always be needed, mm. um, whether in front or not. I just think that will be more rewarding the net advantage to the team than to bring on someone who is who is a great player. But for me, Josh Josh Jackson is eighty minutes. He gets eighty minutes or you're really not going to get the full benefit from him. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I certainly take that point. But, uh, I, I, yeah, and that's the argument. It, it, either you, you play Josh Jackson for high minutes or not at all. But I, I just think for, uh, because of what he's done previously in the Origin Arena, some of his best games of footy have been at this level. So I, I think he yep. he deserves his spot, whether it is in the starting side or on the on the bench, I, I suppose. But... um. But I certainly uh, take your point there, Billy. Anything else you'd uh, like to add before we, we wrap it up? Well, the only other thing that's been tossed around a little bit is whether I've gone Tyson Frizzell, you've gone... Sorry, so I've gone um, Tyrone Peachy, you've gone Josh Jackson as the the uh, player off the bench. There's been this talk of having dual hookers. And yes. um, obviously we talk about, we've both got Damien Cook in our side the possibility of, of having Cameron McGuinness yeah. there as well. Uh, you, so, are you like me, don't subscribe to that theory nah. because you, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't think that, the, again, the net return when you've got a player who can play him as anyway in the form of Damien Cook, um, 
The one thing that McGuinness has in his favour, and we touched on it very early on in the chat, was about combinations. Yeah. Now, he will have McGuinness in the form of numerous St George players, both off the bench but in the starting team. Yeah. So that, that I believe, is a help, but I don't think that in itself is enough to sway. I just think Cook's form and his strike power and his reliability in defence, yeah. that provides a, a little bit more for mine than Cameron McGuinness. And, and that club combination, while it helps, in that in and around the ruck, it, it won't make that much difference. I don't think having him there rather than um, Damien Cook. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's suboptimal to play a second hooker on the bench and, and expect only maybe 30 minutes uh, out of him. I'd, I'd prefer to pick someone like so, someone more versatile, a Jack DeBellin that could come on at a pinch should he need to uh, and relieve Damien Cook at, at hooker. But Cook's rock hard fit. He'll he'll play the 80 minutes. We saw Nathan Peets managed uh, fine last year doing that. Um, Cook's probably even fitter than that because uh, he doesn't have sort of the in- injury interruptions at club level that Peets unfortunately seems to deal with time and time again. So I, I, I don't have any shadow of a doubt that Damien Cook can get through 80 minutes in terms of the fitness uh, needed. It's just sort of having a, a backup plan if something was to happen to Cook. And I think picking DeBellin um, and Crichton sort of covers you from 1 to 13 should any yeah. in- injury yeah. pop up. So that's kind of the way I've gone there. When I take the, the position of who I don't, from a Queensland perspective, want you to pick, um, I just dread the thought of a tiring Queensland defensive line having to face Damien Cook off the back of a very quick play the ball. Yeah. Um, and I just, I dread that speed because remember last year, Peach was good. He was solid, but he didn't provide that penetration in and around the rock, rock in behind the markers inside the, the A defender. Um, and then you think if you're playing off the back of, of a player doing that, um, I can see Maloney backing up on the inside all day long. And um, that, that's a fearful combination yeah. of a tiring, retreating Queensland defensive line. So um, if uh, Freddie, in all his wisdom, um, disagrees with you and I and decides not to pick Maloney and Cook, I will happily subscribe to that theory. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, as a Queensland uh, Queenslander yourself, I think you'd be happy if uh, if Freddie opts not to, to go with Maloney and Damien Cook. I think that's a better outcome for you and, and less things to, mm. to, to lose sleep over. Exactly. But what we've also got, though, mate, we've already touched on, is the next two weeks we've got some cracking games in rugby league where guys' positions are up for grabs, the chance to grab the jersey. I've always said this. You don't deserve an origin jersey. You've got to go and grab it. Yeah. You've actually got to yeah. say, pick me. In the next two games, there's some guys in the form of Trevojevic, Tedesco, uh, a couple of those uh, centres. You've, you've got Damien Cook still with McGuinness breathing down his neck. Curtis Scott and Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. They've, yeah. Got, they've got to say, hey, look, hey, you may have missed what I said a few rounds ago. Here it is again. Here it is again. Keep yeah. knocking on that door and say, eventually, you will pick me. And that's the philosophy you've got to have for Origin because very few people are ordained to have an Origin jersey. You've got to go and grab it year after year after year. Yeah, exactly. Billy, uh, I love the way you, you think about uh, the great game of, uh, of rugby league and it was a pleasure to have you on, on the splash today. Maybe next week when you're in for 360, we can record something uh, uh, 
in the afternoon before you have to go on set? Mate, love to, and obviously we'll sway to one of my preferred topics, and that's the Queensland rugby league <laughs> team. But yes, uh, to all your listeners, um, hopefully you enjoy this. But make sure you catch NRL 360 next Wednesday night. Best. After around about uh, six fifty, uh, it's the best part of TV all week. <laughs> Indeed, it is. <laughs> uh, I, I missed out last night, but I, I, you can go on onto the Fox Sports website anytime and uh, check the replay. So that's what I plan on doing at some point today. Uh, Billy Moore, thank you very much for joining the Splash. Thanks, mate. Absolute pleasure. Special mention goes to Dale Finucane as well. I uh, just couldn't get him in at 18th man. And then, of course, Wade Graham and guys like Latron Mitchell and Blake Ferguson are the, the other ones uh, who I couldn't sneak into my side. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in uh, to today's edition of The Splash. Once again, a big thank you to... Billy Moore for joining us uh, and offering some of his uh, rugby league wisdom. One of the uh, the great uh, rugby league minds, uh, an, an analytical mind, uh, sort of like myself, I suppose, uh, uh, as someone that provides super, super coach analysis on the the Fox Sports website. Uh, so I love uh, chatting footy with uh, the great Billy Moore. Uh, but yeah, that'll do us. Uh, on today's edition of The Splash. Feel free to mention any of your uh, sort of takes uh, and opinions on Twitter at Phil underscore prior. Uh, start a conversation with me. That's a wrap.